0: Tyler Miriam alongside Director of Athletics Justin Sell, and we will talk about today. We'll talk about Target Field, but we have to revisit last week and everything that happened. I made this comment to you the other day, but you and I have been on this ride for a long time. I've been to Jackrabbit football games for two decades. And I've never seen anything like Saturday night. 19,332 were there when we kicked off, and 19,332 were there both times the clock struck zero.
1: Without a doubt. um, And and in this last week, just the numbers of uh, people that have come up and and really – said the same thing and I think part of it uh, you know the one that was probably close was the college game day but it was a 2 p.m. and it was NDSU which you know we're pretty familiar with playing in the Dakota marker and uh, the energy that day was incredible but I think taking kind of the night game uh, you know doing the Jackson Black having Montana State which is becoming a newer rival and we're very familiar with and you know uh, probably a team you got to get by or through to, to win a national championship and Uh, to see 4,000 students show up the first two weekends and just the buzz and the energy and the pride and uh, you know a few of us were standing on the field right before our team ran out and uh, you just those were the things we dreamed of years ago and then you work really hard and you uh, continue to build and more people come on board and just to see that all come together on Saturday night and cap it off with an amazing game and a a last second victory uh,
0: boy it's one that i think we'll remember for a long time as well all right be honest because there were times it was a little emotional for me did the emotions get to you at all on saturday yeah, for sure. Just like the first game, I think, you know, uh, stepping back and thinking about
1: Stig and what he's meant to this place, uh, celebrating our first national championship and uh, knowing everything that went into that and, and all the work. And, and it's work from people that maybe aren't even here anymore that helped us establish a new base to get the stadium done, to help us raise money to do things for all those donors that uh, have supported us for a long time and then those that are just getting involved now. Uh, all that comes together, and and you do, those are pinch yourself moments that you uh, can't believe how fortunate we are. Um, You do remember all the work that went in, and then yet every single ounce that you put into it. It was worth everything at that point. And I, I don't usually step back because I'm busy during the games. I took a moment just to step back and do the 360 view and just soak it all in. And I'm so thankful for all those people that are there, that support us, that were listening, that are following along. Um, we've got a, a great thing going, a great
0: thing building, and there's more uh, really good days yet to come. And the thing about it, there were a lot of people who hadn't been to a Jackrabbit football game before, or it had been a while since they'd been to one. You want to talk about the best advertisement possible to come back. This is what it can be every home Saturday.
1: Without a doubt, I, when you stuff it every time it 's been full it 's been amazing and so um, and I know there were a lot of new people. Uh, we had a couple reunions on campus this weekend that several people hadn 't been back in fifteen or twenty years to campus and um, just hearing their thoughts on the campus itself and the community and how much it 's changed and grown, uh, but yet how it still has that comfortable South Dakota state, you know what it is feel uh, but I guarantee after uh, what happened on Saturday night, uh, we've got people that are going to continue to come back and uh, we're going to sell out several games uh, uh, as
0: we move down the road here. There isn't a question about it. All right, Let's touch briefly on the football game itself. Number one versus number three. And when you have two excellent teams playing, they're going to force the other into some mistakes. We saw that on both sides. It goes right down to the wire. Some nervous moments there. As I joked, the clock struck zero twice. But to win that football game, it puts you in a very good position if you're Jimmy Rogers and company.
1: Yeah, it's hard. You you don't want to put too much stock in early games because there's so much of the season that still has to unfold. But I think you know both of our programs have been there. Both of us know the value of being at home in the playoffs and what a difference that makes. And uh, so there was a little extra uh, riding on it. Uh, We have tons of respect between the two schools, between the two programs, between the two coaches. And um, I think you saw everything that's right about college athletics on Saturday night. Uh, A bunch of uh, student athletes that do very well well in school and in their communities and then it was a knockdown drag out separated literally by inches at times and yet both of us I think feel like we can play better football too and so it'll be interesting to see where uh, our two seasons go uh,
0: from this but what a really really important and good win for us. Going back to the reunions, I want to touch on last weekend from a soccer standpoint, and that Brock Thompson organized a reunion of the 2006 soccer team, which won the Independent Soccer Conference, the United Soccer Conference, as it was called, championship. And that team was not given rings. At the time, but Brock organized this deal to bring everybody back to give the entire team rings to honor them. And we were talking about this earlier and Brock was a part of it. And you said it was one of the more moving things you've been a part of since you arrived here back in the spring of 09.
1: Yeah, th- that was the in-between time where uh, we were looking to some teams to give us hope, uh, you know, that we could actually make the transition from Division two to Division one, and to do it successfully. Uh, that team won a league and wasn't eligible for an NCAA uh, competition opportunity. And, um, you know, the way Brock couched it, and I think we've won 13 championships, and so he put that team in as the number one uh, kind of uh, jewel in the ring uh, to signify They set the tone, and they set the tone not only – uh, for our soccer program and the continued success we've had in that but uh, much like women's basketball it gave us all hope that we could do some really good things as we moved into Division 1 and so uh, Lang uh, Wiedemeyer, the first coach, had a video that he sent in and it was just touching there was a student athlete or two off of that team that was here when I started so it's, you know, I had at least a little bit of touch <laughs> with, uh, with some of those folks and I've gotten to know many of them over the years uh, but what What a really neat experience, Uh, unbelievably great team, talented team, Uh, and they did a lot for us. And Brock uh,
0: being able to uh, recognize those efforts was really a moving uh, moment. And the other thing, too, uh, in talking with Brock about this as well, it wasn't just that 06 team that was a part of it. This year's team was a part of all of that as well, and there was a lot of interaction. And he said, there's no doubt that our current team was moved by being a part of that experience. And he said, I get the sense they could see themselves 15, 20 years down the road after what they saw this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I think that's been the neat uh, part of our program, especially in the last 10 or 15 years. There seems to be a really uh, unique and strong connection between eras. And and it's that's a little counterintuitive in the fact that we had a Division One era to a degree and then a Division One, And yet we've always treated it as we're all jackrabbits. And we wouldn't be doing the things today if we didn't have that work uh, done and laid before us. And so, I think the understanding is there I think um, all of us just want to make them proud and when you get them together there is that connecting piece that I think our students of today really understand where the history the tradition our values and you know what South Dakota State is it started a long time ago I also think it is the key when they walk out the door as alums that's what's
0: going to help continue to keep this going. Let's talk about today and this game against Drake at Target Field. and This is something that's been in the works for a while, and one of the things that I think is so neat about it, and we talked about it in the first hour of the pregame with Deputy Athletic Director Slade Larshide, is the fact that this wasn't a case where South Dakota State called Minnesota and the Twins and said, look, we want to play this game. Here's a check. What do we need to do? Let's make this happen. Uh, It was a group effort and the Twins saying, hey, we'd love for you to be a part of this. And that's what's so cool to me about this whole setup is that it wasn't just that SDSU was willing to play a game at Target Field. The Twins just as much, if not more so, wanted South Dakota State to play here.
1: Yeah, to, well, first having Caleb Thielbar, uh, you know, an alum uh, from here pitching with the, uh, the Twins, which is his hometown team, uh, kind of opened that door in connection and passed my cell phone along uh, uh, to the Twins. Uh, they wanted to reach out and I think our alumni days in the summer are the most attended of any university when they do those days, and there's just a neat connection, and I think uh, for our student-athletes and for our fans to kind of provide a really unique experience, very different how many times in, in your life will you play in an actual major league baseball stadium and play the sport of football it just doesn't happen and so we're so thankful for that relationship that they thought of us uh, that they thought there would be a good mix for our university it's an amazing day uh, Twin Cities area in Minnesota in general is really important to, for enrollment and, and growth and branding uh, so to get uh, the opportunity to do that there and uh, thankful that Drake uh, was willing to, to move the game and then you know the subtle of our schedule uh, playing, we would have had four games in the first five weeks in Brookings, which is difficult for a variety of reasons. Things around town and other activities on campus and so to be able to really have another home game in Minneapolis um, you know, it was uh, was really important to us. So it all came together. Great partnerships. So thankful for the Twins. It's, today is going to be awesome uh, and one another experience. And when you think about momentum of the year, you know you Thursday night game, then you have the sellout
0: Jackson Black, and now you're in Target Field. Uh, you couldn't start the year in a better way. And again, just some of the the inside baseball here, the logistics of this. Oftentimes, and this occurs a lot with basketball games in the Sanford Pentagon, you have the facility you're going to play in, and a group there who goes and gets the two teams. They schedule the game essentially and bring you there. That's not how this played out. This was a home game for South Dakota State already on the schedule. And so there's a little more logistics of moving a home game and a lot of the the behind-the-scenes work that has to be done because, like you said, you have a signed contract with Drake. You can't just up and move a game without having Drake involved.
1: Yeah, there, there are a lot of moving parts and, and, frankly, a lot of legalities and contracts and those things. But I, I think uh, when you have uh, great relationships and partners in, in Brian Harden and Drake, their athletic director, and certainly uh, Dave St. Peter and the Twins organization, and you have a willingness to explore and a big idea, you can overcome those things. Uh, and I would say, actually, it was fairly easy. But there were a lot of uh, um, T's across and I's to dot. I uh, had to go do some trips this summer just to figure out how the configuration goes for them uh, they're, they're planning on a team being in a playoff run and so uh, how do you leave the field in good condition and uh, what happens if there's weather challenges so you know you're just you're changing a whole venue you still have your checklist of things you have to do and then financially just trying to make it balanced so it makes some sense uh, for us in anytime you're giving up a home game and uh, the twins were uh, really good with working around those things and making this a, a day that would be uh, certainly equivalent for us financially of hosting a a home game and uh, so we took advantage of that opportunity and uh, it's um, um, fun to see it all come together it's certainly challenging but I know for our fans uh, in the Twin Cities area to bring uh, our, our football team to them is really a cool deal.
0: For you what's been the neatest part of this whole experience of the organization and all of the work leading up to making this a reality? I just I think
1: uh Two things, um, our guys. Uh, you know, I think they're really excited to to get to do something that's completely different. And in their four years, they you know they arguably get fifty games. If if you're successful, uh, this is one big one. And uh, um, you know the opportunity to go to the big city and to play in a major league venue that's just a phenomenal layout. And then secondly, our fans, the the connection and the feeling of uh, oh, I get to go put on my Jack have a blue and, and go support this team and uh, to see it kind of come together in, a, in an alternate venue, uh, I usually look, we play home or we play away. <laughs> and this is one of those where it's an away home game for us. And that's um, th- those are actually really uh, fun to be part of.
0: Before I turn you loose, the Jacks football team will enter a bye week next week and then start conference play at the end of September. We're also coming up on conference play for the sports of soccer and volleyball. And with volleyball nearing conference play, that means the return of Jackrabbit Volleyball to Brookings, specifically to Frost Arena. The transformation from Frost Arena to First Bank and Trust Arena, the first major phase, if you will, is coming near an end, but there's constant work going on. You and I see it every day when we come up here. And some folks drive by, they've seen some photos, they've seen some videos. Give us an update on the progress and where things are at with the construction of First Bank and Trust Arena. Yeah, uh,
1: (laughs) it's going to be an amazing project. I mean, uh, I'm so excited. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, We sit here. Uh, you know, 12 days before the first uh, game, and, and uh, there's a lot of things still to be cleaned up and moved around. But uh, you know, I would call it uh, a soft opening, an opportunity to get people into the building. Um, not every area will be open or every concession stand done yet. Uh, they're doing a lot of work also underneath with the restrooms, concessions, uh, locker rooms, uh, coaches' offices, some other support space. So it'll be a construction zone until next fall, the fall of 24, when we open. Open, but it's going to be really neat to see people come in and get a, they're going to get a really good feel of what this looks like, how how compact it is, how tight it is, um, how much it feels like frost. Uh, and, and so the seating's coming in now, so that makes it exciting. And, and we'll get to continue to see some pieces added. Uh, but boy, is it, uh, it's going to be a fantastic project. And I'm willing to put up with whatever dust and dirt and, and uh, hammers and nails, uh, you know, that it takes takes to get it done but uh, there's no doubt we'll continue
0: to work on it but it's going to be really fun to walk in there here in a few weeks. This is an oversimplification but essentially the top level is this year and then the bottom level is next year and again there's some some within that but one of the cool things walking around it a few times with the hard hat and seeing the construction process is the opportunity to essentially stand at the top of it and look down because before you could walk up the wooden bleachers but you never really got to stand at the top and have a chance on a platform to kind of survey everything and that is such a unique perspective yeah
1: you can really go up and touch touch the top of the building you can touch the top beams uh the way the construction's done it's uh it's you know gone kind of straight up Mm -hmm. and uh Um, Yeah, there are views we've never had in Brookings. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, when that southeast entrance gets done, much like the tower in the football stadium, you're going to see things and stand in a spot in Brookings you never could before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I think there's just some... Uh, magical parts of the design that uh, that are unique and different and um, I think people are going to get a kick out of it the whole middle section will be done and uh, then we'll come in next spring and finish the video board the floor the lower level seating in the suite so we're we're getting close we're checking a lot of things uh, off the box we got a lot of the HVAC and and precast concrete and all the steel and those things the big pieces uh, the base is there now there's a lot of finishing work for the next year.
0: Just a shame we don't have anything to talk about, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just slowed down uh, almost to a crawl here, uh, Tyler. So uh, hopefully we'll get some things picked up and get some excitement going.
0: Justin, always appreciate the time and enjoy the rest of this experience today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate all that uh, you and your team do, Tyler. And uh, yeah, as a Jackrabbit fan, let's all enjoy today. It's going to be special. He is SDSU Director of Athletics, Justin Sell.